Yo, and welcome to the Multifaceted Minute. I am Reggie Harris. It's been a while since I've uh, gotten on here, but, you know, life happens, and now we're going to get ready to get into season two, uh, where I'm going to definitely try to get on a lot more with these podcasts and everything. Um, you know, so, you know, the Multifaceted Minute, if you've been tuning in or you have tuned in before, you, uh, you know that I do a variety of different topics um, along those different lines of um, where we have, you know, motivational men. I mainly stick to the motivational thing, but sometimes we do news, sports, politics, um, workforce things, uh, health, mental health, physical health, uh, weightlifting, whatever you whatever you want to cover. You know, um, it's like just fun, a hodgepodge of things. This is a podcast where you can get a little bit of everything here. 30 minutes, quick, short. And you can live life through a variety of different uh, mechanisms in one po uh, podcast here. Uh, first of all, hey, I want to start off with talking about a motivational moment here. We're going to start off with the motivational moment. And this one here is called Valley Experiences. And Valley Experiences, you may think, okay, what are you talking about with Valley Experiences? I'm talking about stuff like depression. I'm talking about heartbreak. I'm talking about tough times. I'm talking about financial, um, you know, things that have cut you down financially, things that have taken your drive, your will to live, your um, things haven't worked out for you in life. Happens, things happen. You know, things just happen, random chance, random things happen to you. Maybe somebody violated your boundaries. Maybe you lost something that was very valuable to you. Maybe you struggling with your potential. You're struggling with life. You're just struggling. Everything is a struggle. Nothing seems to work out. Even when you invest your best, even when you go forward and you're constantly doing all the right things, things just don't work out. And these are called valley experiences. So a lot of you guys know what I'm talking about with that. But one of the things that I want you to look at when you talk about valley experiences is this. They don't make us they mold us. When something makes you, it defines you. When something molds you, it grows you. It creates a growth pattern when it molds you. It creates opportunities for growth, first of all, but then you can take those opportunities and allow them to be molded into where you need to be the character the heart the emotional intelligence the mental fortitude the motivation the drive are you going to use those valley experience because you have to ask yourself once you feel your feelings because i'm not here's the thing valley experiences are hard you're going to cry you're going to lay in your bed feeling unmotivated. You're going to reach out to people and sometimes people will reject you. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're at the bottom. You're worthless. You might be on the verge of suicide. And that happens in valley experiences. When you're at your lowest, you feel unimportant. You feel unvalued. You feel like a burden. But can we take those feelings and feel those feelings, feel them. They're valid. 
And then from there, be able to reframe our brain to say, okay, I feel these things. I've gone through this. I have to process this. I've cried. I felt these emotions. I've went to therapy. I've reached out to people. Sometimes people turn me down. Sometimes people have been there for me. Sometimes people pick me up. So when those people pick you up, have you used those things to propel you? To ask yourself, what can I learn? So here, here's a couple of tips right here. Okay. Number one, feel the emotions. Then number two, you got to write down and ask yourself questions. Okay. The first question is, how can I use this for a positive reinforcement? What can I, number two, what can I learn from this? See, one and two kind of go together. You know, they kind of go together with that. Number three, the next question to ask yourself, can I build from this? And what I mean building from this is you're going to take these circumstances, you're going to take these things and say, okay, do I need to build in another direction? Do I need to keep building where I'm at? Or do I need to start all the way back over and be? <laughs> That's what you got to ask yourself. And you can find those answers. Sometimes those answers come just like that. Sometimes they come later. Another thing to ask yourself is, how did I get myself into this? What could I have done to not be in this valley? Now, 50% of the time, it may not be anything you could have done to prevent it. It may not be anything that you could have done to change that. It just happened. You was going hard at a situation, going hard at something. And then the extenuating factor, the, you know, the persons or the thing or whatever just didn't work out. Maybe like you went hard at a business and the business didn't work out. And now you're in a valley. That didn't have nothing to do with how hard you went. That just happened to do with life. So now, on that other 50% right there, when things just happen because of life, that's when you got to go back to those first few questions. What is life actually trying to teach me here? What direction do I need to go? Do I need to vector towards somewhere else? You know, and then from there, and this is where that first part, where we got to go back to that first part about not letting it define you. We have to develop and continue to tell ourselves, whether it's through encouragement, listening to podcasts, listening to motivational speaking, whether it's through writing notes on your wall, looking at positive reinforcements. You know, that's one thing I used to love about athletic facilities. And, and as a former coach myself, um, one of the things that I always did was I always wanted to put positive reinforcements in every speech, at every practice, every day. I always wanted to say things like that. I always wanted to say to continue to reinforce what I wanted my players 
to have in their mindsets. You have to do that with yourself. You have to talk to yourself sometimes. I get up every morning from Monday through Thursday at 425 a.m. Do I want to do that every morning? No. But what I tell myself, there's no compromise, Reggie. You're doing this for you. You're doing this to get better. You're doing this for your mental health. You're doing this for your strength, your physical strength, your functional movement. You're going to do this because you want to live life to its fullest potential. And part of that is getting up, going to work out, teaching this fitness class, you know, earning a little side gig on the, on the side and getting my workout in too. So I go back, I always go back to my why when I do that. And so that's what we talk about right here. These, these little things, I'm just going to use it as an example. Because a lot of times, you know, for my people that don't like early mornings, you would look at getting up early morning before everybody else is butt crack dawn as something like, I'm not going to do that. That is horrible. That right there is, uh, that's a valley experience for you. Uh, but, you know, if that's the only time you have to get up and invest in yourself, you might need to do that. You might have to experience the valley experience through circumstance because you have your day full maybe with kids and life and stuff like that. So you may have to go through those little mini valleys. This is giving you an example of like a mini valley in your mind. It's really not even a big valley, but it's just something that, you know, I can jokingly say that's a, that's a valley experience for some people that hate mornings. Um, and so you get up, you have to motivate yourself, you got to talk yourself through it, and you got to start moving in the right direction to get that stuff done. When I'm walking to the bathroom, brushing my teeth, Watching my face, mumbling and complaining, but also motivating myself too. <laughs> so I get my anger out. I get that out. I express myself, but I also continue to motivate myself, continue to say, say positive things, and continue to build myself up as I'm doing it. Then I go get my coffee. I go put my mushrooms in my coffee, my functional mushrooms, my cacao powder, and my honey and my cinnamon, and I'm sipping on my coffee because that's mentally euphoric for me. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting this. This is going to be a good day. Let me go in here with a positive attitude and get ready to change some lives and change my own life at the same time. You know, that's the way we got to approach our valid situations too. You know, that depression. As you're working your way out of the depression, you got to say, hey, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be better. Once my electrical currents in my brain catch up where they're supposed to be at, I'm going to be better after this. I'm going to be able to help somebody else get through this. I'm going to be able to be able to, to use this as motivation to accomplish my next goal. I'm going to use this as motivation to overcome my next obstacle. Yes, right now this obstacle was not fun, and it seems like it has continued to rain. I haven't seen the sun in a long, doggone time. But when the sun gets here, I'm going to be more appreciative of it. Maybe I'm questioning myself, why? Why is everybody else succeeding and I'm not? You know what? Maybe I'm, I'm going to be more grateful when I'm actually succeeding. Maybe I'm going to have empathy on somebody else, you know, when I finally get to the mountaintop experience. Maybe I'm going to be able to recognize good people in my life when maybe I wasn't going to be able to recognize good people in my life if everything was continuing going to be good in my life. So you got to continue to feed yourself those positive reinforcements. Write them down. See them on the wall. Listening to positive people. Get around positive people. Maybe you have to drop ticks off your life. And what I mean is parasites, people that are pulling away from you, pe people that make you feel inferior. You may have to take yourself back. And what I mean by inferior 
is they take so much from you that you don't get the necessary mental growth and stimulation that you need. Now, there are sometimes people make you feel inferior to make you step up. That's the other side to that. So make sure you understand and you know the difference. Somebody pouring in your life and you see seeing positive traces, things that you want to be, because sometimes things that you want to be are very intimidating and makes you feel inferior because right now you're not there to get it. You're not there to, but use that person as motivation. Use that as leverage. Okay? So you got to know the difference and you got to evaluate the difference. And all of this comes around to that whole, you know, that growth mindset, self-evaluation, self-awareness, and understanding that most of the time your decision making is going to be the one to determine whether those valley experiences they define you or they mold you and don't let people continue to define you by your valley experiences you got to keep climbing they may continue to bring up how you was and what you did and stuff like that keep changing keep growing every action Use that and say, okay, yeah, that's where I used to be. Of course, you can think that all day. I'm fine with that. That's on you. Because you can't control or, you know, like make people believe something about you when you know you believe something about yourself that's different. And you got to know that more than anybody. So are you going to let your valley experiences mold you? Or are you going to let them make you don't let them make you baby let them mold you next thing i want to talk about too is the mindset of of how fandom distorts reality so that you may say well reggie what do you mean by that and this is this this is one of my like what i call my multifaceted topics right here this fandom thing can go into politics athletics life um a variety of different things because we see this a lot in life, even with our own family members, sometimes with our own friends, sometimes people that we admire, and it will distort a reality. And what I mean by that is you can admire something, you can admire yourself, even yourself. This is how narcissists are created. They're so infatuated with their self, their thoughts, how they process things, that they have a distorted reality of reality um you know this is where it goes back to self-reflection and how important self-awareness and self-reflection is so I'll give you an example okay reggie i'm gonna use myself as an example i have a big personality i'm loud i'm gregarious all of these things and i've had people tell me in some spaces that i walk in that i've been too loud i'm too big and stuff like that and you know what i've done i've been able to make adjustments from that i could have been a narcissist butthole and said you know what i'm me i'm this is who i am and there are times where i've done that but there are also times where because i also recognize i can look at the emotions and look at their you know where they're coming from because sometimes people want to dim your light in order to make theirs brighter or they allow their insecurities to come out on you because you're something that they want to be or they don't understand differences and they want to, you know, they don't want to accept differences because there can come from a narcissist standpoint. But that's where you got to be emotionally intelligent to understand it. Too. So when you, you know, you so you have to take a look at totalities of situations. 
And that comes from being self-aware, but also outwardly aware of your surroundings and who you're dealing with. And so, you know, when I've had loved ones or people that I trust or people that I that I know they don't have anything to gain from giving me constructive criticism, I've taken that constructive criticism and I've learned when to be that person. Now, have I changed? No. I just know when to tone it down, when to raise it up. And so you have to look at things like that. Now, a lot of times, as my mama would always say, she said, friends disagree and fools fall out. And she would always tell us as a family, she said, you're a damn fool if you think that we supposed to always agree and we supposed to always do what the other one want them to do. We're all different. And you are a fool to fall out with a person because they're different than you or they see things differently than you or they're doing something different that you don't want them to do. And she would always say the filter is, is what they're doing, is it hurting you or is it hurting other people? And if it's not, you got to let people live the life that they want to live or have the thought that they, you know, have the thought that they want to have. And this is what I summarize with a lot of like controversial issues. You know, I tell people just like this. I say, does this person's decision making affect you or does it affect other people? That, you know, but if it affects them and their little immediate circle and their immediate circle is okay with it, you should be cool with it. If you just don't do it, you ain't got to do it or you ain't got to believe that way or you ain't got to do this. But going back to that, you know, and taking this to the whole fandom thing, it, how it distorts reality. We'll see this with political people. We'll see this with athletes where you will, people will make excuses for people that doing stuff, that, doing something that they wouldn't even allow themselves to do. Or they wouldn't even allow their family members to do. This is why sometimes you have conflict within families because you will make excuses for somebody else doing wrong and talk about that in front of the family. And your kid is sitting there listening to this, but then you got nerve enough to get on your kid for doing the same thing the person you admire doing. This is why kids grow up confused. They're wondering why you making excuses for a narcissist prick, but then as soon as they complain about, well, my life and I want to do what I want to do, you're trying to control them. You're trying to say, well, I need you to do this and you're going to do this. And they're looking at you like, but this person does this, this, and this, and they've thousands and thousands of people and they put out toxic information they do this and they do that and you're making an excuse for them. you know it's, it's kind of like making an excuse for somebody doing something like putting somebody on blast on social media when they could have went to that person's a person face to face and talked to them face to face about the problems that they had but you're on there liking it and loving it and saying well they need to do that and they need to do it but then if your child do it or somebody close to you do it you're now like, well, you shouldn't have did it. You should have came to them person. You should. Wait, no, 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 no. What has happened is fandom has made you distort reality. Or it's okay for this person to mistreat a group of people that they disagree with or talk negative and dehumanize them. And you make excuses for that. But as soon as your kid or somebody close to you dehumanize you or having a different viewpoint, then you're upset, you're hurt, but you've made excuses for somebody else doing it for somebody else. 
Fandom is a horrible drug. And a lot of you guys can probably think of situations because I've been there too. Well, I've made excuses for things for people and even for myself because I was awestruck at myself and my thoughts and who I was or what I thought or other people. And then when the shoe's on the other foot or you're looking at it from an outside perspective, then, oh, you're walking contradiction. That has a lot of, of an effect on our mental health. Not saying that everything is going to be black and white. I'm a big gray area person. Huge in the gray area in a lot of situations because everything is circumstantial, I feel. Maybe you don't believe in that. That's okay. I'm okay with you believing that everything is not circumstantial, but I do believe that certain things are circumstantial and that, you know, you make decisions according to those, you know, that circumstance. But also I do believe that there are certain consistent moves that people should make when it comes down to certain situations. And what I mean by that is, is that where it comes from a standpoint of fairness, justice, and doing things the right way because it's the right way of doing it. And also to putting yourself in a situation. And I'll give you a, an example of this. Imagine if you're a supervisor and you got an employee that has that has some that's kind of disgruntled. They blast you on social media. But you're you're in charge now, and you had an open door pod. They could have came to you and talked to you about it. And they blast you on social media. Then you have to have a talk with them and dismiss them. Because probably that's what you're gonna do. But then you go out and you support somebody else for blasting somebody else on social media. That kind of doesn't make any sense right there. Because they probably could have did the exact same thing. Right? So that's why I tell people, you have to look at things from all different perspectives. Because it's like, what would you do in that situation? It was one of the greatest things I used to do with my players whenever I had to punish my players. I, I, I was sitting down and talking to my players. You know, I was like, hey, why did you do that? Number one, you need to find out the why. Okay, what were the circumstances that led to this? I would find that out. I would also find out what would you have done differently? And those are three questions. Three questions right there. And here's my fourth one. What would you do in my situation? And that helps a person that is going through something or processing something have to process what it is, what it's going to be like on the other way around. And that's also prevents the victim mentality. It really, really do. You know, and, and, and a lot of the times, you know, if that person tells me something that they that they would do that may be different than what I'm thinking. I might actually go along with them. You want to know why? It's because now they're self-aware through those questions. So I always, like I said, I always tell people, you know, that whole fandom thing. And when you go to fandom, that's where you make excuses for yourself. You make excuses for people that you love, even though they might be wrong. And you know, they wrong. They cross the boundaries. They disrespecting people. And I'm like, disrespect. I said, disrespect is disrespect. We all know what disrespectful things are like and what boundaries 
are. You know, when, when disrespect and boundaries are crossed, you know what got to happen. When boundaries are crossed, you got to reestablish the boundary. And when disrespect happens, you have to put up boundaries or reestablish the boundaries or cut off. Either or. And so we got to stop making excuses for people that are habitual line steppers, as uh, as Charlie Murphy when he described uh, Rick James that time uh, on those uh, Dave Chappelle stories. It was hilarious. But you got to understand that you can't make excuses for habitual line steppers. Okay? All righty, y'all. So don't let fandom distort reality. All right? Next little topic here. Man, I love talking about And this kind of go hand in hand what we're talking about, about fandom distorting reality. People and their conspiracy theories about sports. Oh, my God. I'm a ref. I've coached. I've played on a high level. Um, Y'all do know that players take losses and take things harder than fans do. This is why when players triumph and different things like that, the families go crazy with them because the families see what they're like when they go home. A lot of those players are depressed. They're distant. They're going through a lot of stuff. And they're confessing things to their wives or their kids see it or whoever around, mom and dad see it, whoever. They see that person struggle. They see how hard they work. And as a fan, a lot of the asinine stuff that we do as fans, it's crazy. Also, the way we blame refs for stuff, they're human. Human error. Everyday life, we make errors. Life is full of trial and error. Depending on the angle, you might see something differently. Now, there are sometimes I have to admit that refs get in their feelings and they do things that they have no business doing. Or they make a no call that they have no business making and everybody see it. And then they use their power. As, and that's another thing, too. When I go back to the fandom and the reality thing, sometimes people use their power as a way to get back at people or say, hey, I don't want this to happen or to control a reality. That's a pride and ego thing. You know, it's one thing I always tell, you know, coaches when I'm explaining something to them and I've had disagreements with coaches as a ref. And this is what yoga has helped me out at. You know, I will let a coach know, hey, this is why I call this. We might disagree. And I'm okay with you disagreeing. And I understand this is the angle. But I will not miss another call because you let me know, hey, this is what I need to watch. And most of the time, I will go back and watch and see. And and sometimes it happens where I miss that and I will call it the next time. Because as it talks about in yoga, you have to let go of the ego for growth. Because a lot of times, going back to the fandom thing, we attach ourselves to our ways, our mind, whoever we're attached to. They make us, when they succeed or whatever is happening with that person, makes us feel good. Therefore, our ego is built up or what we said about that person, what we believe in that person, it affirms that. And then that builds up our ego and then our ego becomes a rocking time bomb. And so we make excuses for things that, you know, we have to find answers. So with that, that's why I say with the sports conspiracy stuff, you know, come on, man. Stop it. These guys work their tail off. Um, 
yeah, true enough, point shaving occurs. But majority, 90, 98% of your games are not rigged. These athletes are out here giving everything they got. And if something's going to, they're going to write a script or something's going to happen, they're long no way. You know how many moving pieces and parts for that had to happen? Now, there are certain influencers in the game that might point shave. Don't get, don't, that happens. But that is not an indictment on the sport or the people that are actually working. There are coaches out there that are up, you know, out of a 24-hour day, they're up 18 hours a day trying to figure out how to beat somebody else. They're working 18 hours a day. Players, same thing. So don't disrespect these people craft because you didn't get your way. Let your ego go. Your team lost. They lost. You feel bad. Acknowledge it. Move forward. But don't disrespect the sport. Don't disrespect the people that work hard to be in those positions. Because you don't want nobody doing that for your job. You work somewhere in customer service, customer get mad at you and they disrespect your whole job and your whole career because you had a bad day or they uh, they're not getting their way with what's going on. All right. So one thing that I want to let you guys know, life is full of happenstance. Things just happen. Random chance. No explanation. And you don't have to explain every single thing because the ego makes us want to explain everything. And before I leave, I want to give you a little health tip. Man, make sure you're getting your magnesium and your zinc, baby. Those help with the mental functions, physical functions, those are two valuable minerals that can help with the common the ego and help with the body and finding balance. So peace out. I love you, and it ain't nothing you can do about it. Much love.